What a run! A big time run by the terrific Jonathan Taylor. Welcome back to the Fig Jam Dynasty Podcast, NRL Supercoach Edition. I'm your stand-in host, Mitch, coach of the Fig Jam Grand Finalist, Bubble Trouble. Tonight, we are joined by some big names in the Supercoach world. Bergs from NRL 360. How are you, mate? Good, brother. Yourself? Yeah, good, good. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, the 360 crew. Uh, we basically get up, uh, we catch up on a Tuesday. We've been slowly building a bigger team over the off-season. Uh, Rick's has been doing some write-ups for us on our uh, website. We've built a website this year, uh, mainly to just We've done that to try to get the community involved. Like, there's so many good people in the community that go to waste and, like, they just don't get the opportunities. And, and there's so many podcasts now. So we thought we've got to try to look a different way. And we brought out the website thinking, well, people can just throw their contribution in there. And if it's good, it's, it's, making, the, it's making the website. And if it's, a, if it's a back-to-back thing and you're constantly doing it, you'll get a following and, You'll be able to build up your socials that way through, through, hopefully through the website, and just we just have all good Supercoach shit there, really. Yeah, no, it, it's good shit, man. Like we greatly appreciate everything you've been able to do for us, um, and getting Ricky on there. Uh, the more Ricky studies, the better it is for our podcast. That's for sure. Well, it's not just that. Like you've you've unearthed something special. Like you're the first ones to do a dynasty thing. Like we'll at least throw the offer out to people to join a dynasty and um. I found it intriguing, man. Like, I've never done anything like a dynasty before. And to actually have to plan three to four years in front, not just jump on some of these top guys who are at the end of their careers. I know the points and stuff are on offer, but they're only on offer for one or two more years. And to waste a first or second pick on someone like that is it's a thinking game. And that's not really what I'm renowned for, but I'm having a go. <laughs> I think you did pretty well last year in Fig Gem, didn't you, Bergs? Where'd you finish? Last. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, but that was, that was off the back of some um, just wayward picks. Like, come round six, I was flying. I took Luai early. I took Jerome Hughes early. Um, there was a couple of others I took early. Like, Talakai didn't play all year. Um, and then when came back, was just shit. Um, and there was someone else I had to sit on the bench all year. I think Tom Starling, because... Hodjo fell back in favour with Ricky and his bullshit. Um, so he was another one I sort of snapped up early, expecting big things, but never eventuated and come back to bite me in the end. But that's, that's coaching. Goes, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and joining us as well, we have a legend of the Twitter world, Anton Posser. How are you, mate? How's it going, Mitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah not too bad. Tell us a little yeah, bit, uh, a little bit about yourself and what you're doing on Twitter, mate. Well, oh, geez, how do you explain what I do on Twitter? Uh, someone that actually explained that, that whole concept to me uh, really well, and it was basically like uh, so the world is a place where you talk to yourself and sometimes people reply. That's basically like how it is. So I, I just basically, 
I wouldn't say I actively have gone out there trying to have a point of view in particular on anything. Obviously, the, the Warriors is um, uh, a, a theme that you'll see a lot. Um, and obviously, Supercoach is, is a big thing as well. So it's funny, I get people from my work industry, sometimes they go, oh, he's on Twitter, and they follow me, and then they unfollow me within about a day. They're just like, <laughs> what, the, what the hell have I, is this guy up to? What, what's he doing? So anyway, uh, I always find that quite funny. Yeah, so no, I, I just, I just love, I just love um, watching NRL and um, having yarns with people that are that are into it and follow it as closely as I do, as, uh, and especially Supercoach because it's, um, I think it just brings people into the game a lot more, um, and it sort of helps you to connect with fans of other clubs, which is something that, um, you know, historically is not something that you've you've always wanted to do, but um, you know, I kind of, I don't really, I don't, I don't think I even hate a club anymore the, the way you're supposed to. I kind of have soft spot. For lots of different teams because of different players and different people that I know from Twitter. So like I, I don't know. Like it's um it's good. It's all positive and it's um it's nice to finally meet a lot of you guys and have a chance to chat. How long have you been Warriors fan for? Uh so I, I have had a bit of a fascination with Warriors since 1995 when they first came in. Um, leading up to that, I was actually a Panthers fan. Um, had a bit of a, a long running obsession with the the NRL because Dad owned the fish and chip shop and he came home on Friday nights at about half past nine right when the when the 7 30 game in sydney started right so we'd be waiting up with our eyes hanging out of our head waiting to see dad and and like what we'd do is we'd sit down and we watch the nrl so that was kind of a big thing for us we weren't really a rugby union family which is kind of weird for new zealand but um uh, one day he came back home from sydney he, he was visiting a friend he threw a panthers jumper at me and the manly manly jumper at my brother he was like you need to know what it's like to lose as well and we were like what do you mean we found out in 95 when the warriors joined and it's been it's been like that ever since. So we were like, yeah, it's, got a team. Yeah, it's yeah. been twenty six years of losing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know that was, and then um, so so yeah, so like um, I think just after that moving to Sydney about fifteen years ago was when I got in pretty deep. Um, started playing Supercoach within about a year or two of arriving. So I've been playing now for about thirteen years or so. Um, so like. I don't know. It just makes you really entrenched in the game. You're watching all the little things. You you know you start watching games you ordinarily wouldn't watch. Um, little effort areas as well, and you start you know you kind of looking at stuff that probably the, some of the some of the video people in clubs are watching as well. You know, so uh, it gets to that that sort of degree. Um, but I don't know. I just love it, man. It's a great game to watch. You know, whether it's live or on TV. And um, until recently, it was always pretty even. You know, like any team, if they showed up, they had a good shot at winning. But just last year, far out. What a difference. Yes. Well, thanks, Anton. Um, and I'm sure by now you're all wondering why you're listening to my voice and not Tom's or Rowdy's. Uh, well, tonight, we're covering a certain team that we decided uh, Rick wouldn't be allowed to host. But he is here. How are you, Rick? Yeah, good and raring to go, apart from a sore throat. So uh, good good that you're taking the, uh, the, the workload up a bit, finally. I'm sure you won't have much to say tonight, so that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we'll um, we'll cover our Fig Jam 5 and our Kenny Loggins Danger Zone um, as we are doing moving forward now. And tonight we are looking at the Roosters, the Knights, uh, the Warriors, which brings Ricky and Anton into the picture, and the Bulldogs for Bergs. Um, so we'll kick it off with the Roosters. They finished fifth last year. They had 16 wins with a point difference of 141. Um, they basically lost half of their starting team to injuries and retirements. Um, I've got them in the top two this season and looking at the grand final. Um, we'll kick off with Satili Tupanua. Uh, Rick, what can you tell us about Satili? 
Okay, Sitelli, so 482,000 uh, for Classic, 2021 average of 55, and 73 minute PPM of 0.75. The draw, he's got his seven out of the first nine games are easy. So I'm I'm actually putting him in over Angus. Save over a little bit of money. Yep, saving, what was it? Almost 100,000, I guess. And uh, yeah, yeah, so I mean, that's going to be he needs uh, attacking stats, man. He needs attacking stats. Yeah, oh, he's going to get he's going to get the attacking stats because fully fit Kerry Walker and hopefully a full fully fit Roosters team. And that right side should see a lot of points. Is he a player that any of you guys owned last season? Yeah, yeah. I owned, I, him for, I owned him for a long time, and when, when I got on him, I got on him quite early, and I was just like, I'm not trading this guy out. He was great for the buys. He didn't play Origin, and I was just thinking, he plays 80 minutes, I can't lose here. But towards the end, man, he got so frustrating because I think he was knackered. He was just so tired. He was yeah. doing so much work, and he would just push right out, almost playing on the wing. At, yeah. at, but that was, that was the thing. He was getting plugged up. Like, they were losing... Uh, players, I think Joey Manu was getting pushed into a playmaking role and he was getting pushed to centre and it cost him so much. And he's like, I watched the games unfold and just went, fuck it. Like, so many times I should have sold him and didn't. And mm. it's, it's, that's one of my worry this year. Like, any injuries in the backs, he just goes straight in the hole. My, my only concern with Satelli is, like Berg said, it's, there's, there's so many. It's, not a dominant right edge. It's a dominant right and left edge. There's so many points to go around. I am starting with Satelli over Angus as well, um, which afforded me to go up to for feeder. So he's an interesting choice. And yeah, I had him almost all of last season as well. Um, perfect, perfect player last season early on. You look at the draw, his first 11 games, Newcastle, Manly, Alps, North Queensland, Broncos, Warriors, St. George, Bulldogs, Gold Coast, Power, Penrith. Apart from those last two, so the first nine games... Seven, seven are easy ones, and then the other two, Manly and South, they, they can go either way. So, yep. and and Manly and South leak super coach points. Yeah, if you're going to get on, get on early. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Look, you I don't agree. have to sell him to me. <laughs> no, I, I I agree. I think I think when you want Satili is when they're full strength, when they've got when they've got all their attacking players and creative players around him because he'll have that simplified role. Also, Connor Watson is on the bench this year. So if there's a if there's a breakdown in the centres or somewhere like that, he could potentially come in and fill a hole like that. He can he can kind of cover a lot of positions where they didn't really have someone like that last year. Also, they've also got Egan Butcher as well. That that kind of helps as well. So no, sure. I forgot about Watto. That's that's a good point you've made there. Watto, to his detriment, can virtually play from thirteen to one. Like he's that good. He's that good at plugging a hole, man. He's the best. What's the saying? Jack, what's the saying? Yeah, Jack of all trades, up. master of none. There's a second <laughs> half to that, Rick. You should look it up. <laughs> well, no, he, you know what? Like he was the same. Jazz Tavanga was the same for you the other year at the Warriors. Like Jazz Tavanga, he could have played six. He could have played nine. He played thirteen. He would have played prop if you give him just to give him a run. He was. I think he got named Utility of the Year. Like it was 2019 or something, but. It was a long time ago, but he still was that guy. And since then, there wasn't really anyone. He dropped off. Now, Watto's definitely definitely that guy. He could even play. I'd even put him on a bench for Australia, Watto, the way he plays football. Professional utility. 
Um, well, yeah, things stick- like Jack White and, you know, how, how he plays for, you know, for New South Wales. You know, if he comes on, he could come in on the halves, fullback, you know, centres, wing, lock, anywhere. You know, yeah. it's, it's just a footy player. Yeah, so there's a few. Yeah, uh, I'll exit Tilly, but we'll stick we'll stick with the right edge of the Roosters. Um, Bergs, you want to tell us about Joey Manu? I do. I don't come stat heavy like Rick. I, I'm believe I'm a firm believer of you do your own research. But um, <laughs> SuperCoachStats.com if you really want to check that out. But Joey Manu, Joey Manu last year, I think after Origin and what Tommy produced in origin. I think we've seen a little bit of that come from Joey Manu, especially in the regular season. Wasn't as big getting done in the finals, but regular season, he was running as a second fullback for a few games there. Um, can easily play six if Kiri and that go down, which is, I hate to say it, but it's highly likely. He's only he's only a head knock away or two from early retirement himself, the poor kid, you know. And then who is his half partner as well? Like, could Joey Manu be the six to Kiri seven? Like, is is Sammy guaranteed that six six or seven jersey? Like, they've bought up heavily in the backs. They bought Naguama back from England. Um, I'll have to say he was pretty good before he left. Super coach wise, he was chugging along nicely at the Tigers, and then. Um, They've brought Momorowski. They've got they've got that Suwali. There's a lot going on there, and the Tupu's not giving up. He's I could easily see Joey Manu playing six. Oh, definitely. Uh, in a perfect world, I'd love to see Joey Manu play six. I'd buy him. But at centre, I can't. I can't. I can't recommend him to centre. But if he starts emulating that form of um, Turbo and that, where they had the second fullback. I think I think he's a get on. I really do because he could easily turn up that week too. Do we agree? Do we disagree, gents? How do we feel? Possible that he gets that prize right wing spot, uh, which was vacated by one of the Morris twins. I can't remember which. I think it was Brett. Brett, Brett yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you just look at the numbers from from the right right wingers. It's like the Warriors right wingers. It's, you know, it, it seems to be. The, the go-to side. So, um, look, I, yeah, I don't I, have I think, a... I think with Manu, though, I, sorry, mate, I was just going to say, I reckon he's got that right center lockdown. Like, in that in that, that round one teams, that's where he'll play. Mm. But but like you say, Bergs, I think he can, once he once he gets into that spine, if for any reason he goes into that spine, then suddenly I become very interested in Joe Manu, whether that's fullback or sixth. He's just got such a silky touch. He's got a pass. He's got a run on him. He's got an offload. Like, you know, and he's, yeah, he's, he's awesome. Yeah. What, what do we think of his license to Rome? Love it. I love it. I love it. I think there's the, the, the drama with that is, right? The drama with any one of them except for Teddy is it can go either way and then they, they get froze out. Now, if they find, like Parramatta, I think it's their right hand side is just, it leaks points like fucking. Nothing else. Now, there's no point going to the left. Do you know what I mean? You just keep pumping it down that right-hand side and there's no points going out there that week. They get a rest virtually, you know, and that's the thing with owning any rooster. Oh, the wingers are good because they kick to the wingers a lot, you know what I mean? But any other one is hard-owned. That's the same as Luke Keary. Like, does he come back and does he own the side as much as he did? Like, there's heaps, there's heaps of variables with the Roosters. They're so good. Yep. No, I completely agree. 
Um, Anton, uh, Victor the Inflictor, mate. You got some stories to tell us about Victor. Yeah, Victor Radley is one of those guys that I think everyone likes to watch play, whether they like him or hate him. Something's always something's always going to happen with Victor there. Uh, as uh, a super coach player, he is kind of heart attack material. I know we've got more trades this year, but if you fill your team with with you know players like Victor Radley everywhere, you're going to need all 40. I think um, he, he only played 14 games last year, and that was through a, a mixture of injury and suspension. Uh, high score of uh, 95. Um, he had eight scores under 50 in 14 games. So Sinbins were obviously a major issue. And then in one of the games, there was actually a couple of Sinbins, which was, which was pretty ridiculous. I don't know if you remember that game. Game. Yeah, he's, he's priced at 441, 500. Um, so I think that's quite good value there. He doesn't have dual status anymore, which um, he he used to have. That was a bit of a, um, a lure last year for a lot of people in the, at, at the start of the season. So then, so then what you're looking at, I guess, if, if it's he doesn't get he doesn't play 80 minutes, so um, you know you're looking around that kind of 50s to 60s mark for Victor. So then you're looking for attacking stats. If you're getting on someone like Victor at 440k in that. Um, second row position where you've got guys that's kind of the price range of like a you know like a Jairo like a Talmalolo you know a lot, lot of those guys then you, you're kind of saying well I'm you know I'm going to back him to get some attacking stats so this is where it gets interesting Roosters don't score many tries in the middle third of the field so last year they only scored 19% of their, of, of their tries um, in the middle third which is the same as the Broncos. Um, the only club that scored less in the middle was the Sharks, and they're on 18%. 44% of, of their tries are scored on the right side. So whoever plays on that wing on that right side, if it's Soali or whoever, whoever gets on there, if he's like, you know, 300,000 or whatever, it's just a, you just got to get him, whoever it is. Um, and also with Luke Carey back, that right side becomes even more deadly. So... Um, their attacking plays are often quite expansive. They, they, they move the forwards one way quite quickly. They suck everybody in. And then their expansive play on the open side is so quick. And they've just got, you know, every all, all eyes on James Tedesco. You know, if it goes out the back, they've got you. If they, if they throw a long cutout ball, they've got you. And they've got these really good hole runners as their edge back rowers that can just rip through if they get a nice short ball. So the Roosters are just so dangerous. And I think um, Victor becomes then, he becomes your distributor. His, his role there in attack is just to get those guys in position and to, and to you know, and distribute the ball. So for me, I don't, I don't like that. If I'm, if, I've got, if I'm going for a guy with attacking upside, I want my player to be actually the guy putting guys through holes or going through himself. And I certainly don't want him getting Sinbin about half a dozen times a year. So for me, he's a no. I can understand why some Roosters fans might like it, but I think they might be the only ones. Yep. Bergs, any anything bad? Uh, I personally wouldn't touch him. Like, he's great to watch on telly. He smashes people. He no extra super coach points for that. But yeah, their middle's no good. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, I, there are a couple of boards I look at, but uh, I I think the second row is where you look at at the Roosters. That's where that that's where they find their their points, you know, and they back in their kicker to kick it from that edge anyway. So. Yeah, I can't look at any. I can't look at him, man. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you to get him. Not even if he was a jewel, you know. But yeah, yeah no, look, it's it's rough. I've got him in fig jam, and it's yeah, it's going to be rough this year. Um, that was pretty comprehensive. But Rick, you got comments on on yeah, Radley? Yeah, no, look, I'm I, I like his play, but like Hetherington and uh, TPJ are past. I don't like 
players being suspended and the sin binned and Bradley seems to have caught the the ire uh, from the uh, refs and judiciary so he won't be finding his way into my team unfortunately yep. no that's fair and look I, I think it's it's the suspensions and head highs and whatnot aside his, his playing style doesn't lend him to scoring a lot of super coach points unfortunately he like like Anton said he's the distributor gets the ball in the middle Zaios suffers the same thing you don't get points for taking three or four steps um, and offloading the ball unfortunately um, but we will look into a name that's popped up a couple of times already in Nathan Cleary. Uh, not Nathan Cleary. We've got Keary. Wow, Mitchell, you're going to get yourself fucking sacked here. <coughs> no, no. That's <laughs> Luke, warning Luke. one. That's warning Luke, one. Yeah, yellow card. What the fuck? Um, Luke Keary, Bergs, you've got no, some stats keep, or you've got some you, info. You're keeping us all on our toes here. I, I, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Because you never know. We just could have started talking naif if no one was on the ball. Yeah. Uh, look, Luke Keary, Luke Keary, his only upside to me at this point is his jewel. Look, I wouldn't say no to him. He's going to be a pod, I think. Um, and in that side, he's got to get points. You know, it's coming off him or it's coming off Sammy Walker or whoever's out there. Um, for me, his, his injuries have been a concern. Like, he is cheap enough, though, like, you know what I mean, to sort of run the gamble, especially if they have a bit of an easier draw. Like you said, the first nine games, I think, Rowdy, did you? Yeah, yeah, first nine yeah, games, so, seven, seven easy ones. Like, with, with that, like, you do expect him to get some traffic because people just love to do that shit, especially if you're a liability and a half, you know. But I can see, I can see him going on a tear, and if you own him at the right time, you can easily maybe juice yourself up to a nath um, with the boost. It's a lot. It's a big call to make three or four hundred grand in a couple of weeks, but there's a there is there is an upside to uh, Luke Keary. You know what I mean? He's had a year off. He should be fresh. Um, so. I don't know. I, I, I can see Meredith getting him in. I honestly yeah. can. Yeah. But I can also say first week he could cop a head knock and be gone for nine weeks and I've fully fucked your team by saying, yeah, jump on Luke Keary. Well, but, the, th the thing is he hasn't had a head knock for 18 months either. So he didn't play. He played three games last year and did his knee and then it was he missed a large part of the um, 2020 season because of his head knocks, but he finished the season pretty strongly. So they don't a, go away, but they don't get. They seem to be a thing that it's. A, you're only a head knock away, like yeah. that's the thing. Like, and some people just don't have that thick, thick skull to play football. And it, like, you can be the greatest footballer, but if you're knocked out for fucking three quarters of a season, you know it's one of them things. Oh, look! As someone that's got plenty of head knocks playing footy, because you don't know how to fucking tackle, I can relate to that. Yep. <laughs> uh, Ricky, anything I, to add for Kiri? Uh, look, at the moment, he's in my classic team. Tends to be holding on. Um, I'm, I was listening to uh, SE Playbook on the way home, and and they kind of like talked me out of Kiri starting. Elaborate. What'd they say? Oh, the injuries, the previous years, like his 75 average came from two and a half games. Two yeah, and a half game. Pay attention to his average from last year. Right. Yeah. So the, the year before, he was averaging 60. The year before that. Yeah. 
Very so, different game. Very different game the year before. Um, you could yeah, probably yeah. add. You could probably add fifteen points to every half from the prior year. I think. I think with Kerry though, like him coming off an ACL, like the other point that you know, I've heard um, and this come from NRL physio is that um, attacking uh, attacking players, the so creative players, and they're coming back from an ACL. The only player who has gone above, um, who's exceeded like their previous super coach output, was Roger Turbasek. Everybody else has gone back. The other thing is he's currently got a stress fracture in his foot. So he came back when he came back to training in his preseason. Like, he was pushing himself so hard that he basically just gave himself a stress fracture from just like you know going in as hard as he does the the sharp turns, the quick the quick little steps. You're know, trying to get the ball out. He's such a little guy, and he accelerates, and he puts his body into like really hard positions all the time. He just plays tough. He's, he's a yeah. tough little nugget, and like often it's you know it's to his detriment. So I I don't I don't I don't think there's there's going to be much of an uptick for him. Like he, he could he could go out and he could he could score a couple of hundreds in his first two games, but I mean I think that'll be le- leveled out by the odd the odd th- like thirty odd game or like like a twenty seven or something if he doesn't get those stats. The draw is very kind. And so if you are going to go carry, again, the first half is where you could possibly make the money to upgrade to uh, to a uh, Cleary. Uh, yeah. What is Kerry's price? Uh, 500? He's, he's 520, he's like, I think, 525 or something. See, a couple of good hundreds or high scores, a couple of price rises, and you'll be able to get to Cleary by round five, round six. I don't so, think he get. I don't think he gets above the six hundreds. I think. I, I think if he if he go if he goes up, I think that's kind of that's kind of where 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 he'll kind of stop is around that mid six hundreds, um, and then we'll see him move between the mid fives and mid sixes. Maybe maybe seven if he goes on a good run, but he, you know you're still going to have a bit of a gap. And look, at least he's going to go up. I think he's underpriced. So if I said to you, Sam Walker's going to score or average more than Kerry in the twenty twenty two season, what would you say, Anton? Uh, I'd say 100% because he's gulking. Ricky? Agreed. Bergs? Yeah, just, just, yeah, you play more games, I think. So for the extra, what, 10K, you'd, you'd go Sam Walker over Kiri? It's just you uh, see that on the jewels. I'll be yeah. honest, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rope into Eva, but if you had to, I'd go, I'd go Walker over, over Kiri. The scary uh, thing, the scary thing about the Rooster halves is they, they can throw the big numbers up, but they have, some of the worst base base yeah. numbers. Like, like we thought SJ was the roller coaster. No, it's, it's got nothing on, on Walker and Kerry. Right. He's an interesting one. Um, we can't decide whether you should go for him or not. So flip a coin. Yeah. We'll move into the forward pack again, and we'll look at Lindsay Collins. Um, Anton, you've got some, got some information on Lindsay for us? Yeah, so I think Lindsay Collins for me was one – one of the most um, important outs for the Roosters last year. I think they they really they really miss his punch in the middle of the field because remember just before, like the the year before, he he really kind of took a step up and was he became a leader in that pack. You know his post contact meters were awesome. He made Origin, and even in Origin, I thought he was really good as well. Um, but then he did his ACL, obviously, and you know, for for forwards, middle forwards in particular, um, well, especially front rowers, the ACL is not quite as much as a, of a concern as as it would be for a creative player. Um, you know, we saw for Bunty the year before. I mean, I have to 
I have to mention his name as president of, uh, of the Bunty Appreciation Society. Um, he, yeah. he, he did his knee uh, the year before last and it was, you know, they told him when he was um, off the field that they didn't have a, con you know, he was free to look for other clubs. And he said, now nah, stuff that I'm going to, I'm going to play for a contract. I'm still contracted. And he came out and he had a mean season last year. He played really, really well. And that was after doing his ACL. So I think a, a simplified task and, you know, if that strength is there and they keep their game simple, I don't see um, why he would regress on that, that average, uh, on, that, on that price. The main thing for him is the PPM. So it's over a little under 1.3, which is elite in terms of front row. Um, his minutes, you know, before getting injured range from about that 41 to 62 minutes. So the middle forwards for the Roosters, you know, we talked about this before. They've got a, little, a lot of big boys in there. They've got... Um, you know, Maria Hargreaves, who's sort of coming to the back end of his career. He's not a big minute guy. Like, same for Tokaaho. He seems like he's always got some niggle that he's managing. Um, and then you've got these young guys that are coming through. And, you know, they'll want to, so they'll want to give him 15, 20 minutes here and there, I would say. So Lindsay then becomes, he becomes the kind of the leader of that front row. But whether they start him or not, I'm not sure. That he might come off the bench for the first couple of games. He's coming off the bench in a trial, I believe. Um Plays Origin, which I don't know if any, a lot of people are turned off by that, but, you know, there are other um, options around the same price in the front row that aren't. So that's that's kind of something that I looked at. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I couldn't really say for anyone not to pick him, but it does come with an element of risk and unknown. Um, you know, there's the possibility of re-injury, which, which can happen. Um, and then there's also the, you know, if he's, if, if he's named off the bench, I don't think you can. Yeah, fair enough. Ricky, uh, anything to add for Collins? Yeah, I like I like his play. Um, don't have him in my team at the moment because I've got uh, AFB, uh, Stefano and Haas. I'm pretty stocked in the front row department um, with the possibility of Jairo as well. So um, what's his price? They're all around that same price. So he's about 462. And that's that's very similar. You know, you can get arrow arrow for ten k less, um, or you can get you can get you know AFB for about thirty k more. Yeah, and Uto as well. Yeah, look, uh, yeah. I'd have to have to see the minutes for the first three or four weeks, see what he gets. I have a feeling that Robinson would would uh, ease him back in the first couple of weeks just to test his leg out. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, an e it's, it's an easy wait and see. Mm. Oh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the bloke. If he gets a start, if he gets a start, if he gets a start in position, I can see. I can see you jumping on as a pod. You don't be Origin Queensland forward and be fucking shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. um, he left and he was in a heap of teams. Like everyone sort of was on him last year before he done his injury. He was getting better and better. He pushed Warrior Hargraves, who's a fucking enforcer. Uh, to the bench and and let's face it you want your enforcers out there for the first 10-15 minutes of that game but they didn't need an enforcer when they had a bloke like Lindsay Collins just fucking tearing through them um, I can I, I can see a good pod in him for draft I'd jump straight on um, I would not hesitate for a draft but for classic if he's not named and I'd watch this trial closely on the weekend. If he looks like he limps off or at any point like that or anything like that, I'd be off. But if he starts at 10 or 8, I'll have him in my team. Uh -huh. He's an origin forward, man. He'll, 
he'll easily get up to 600k or at I least like five five hundred. Yeah, I do. I and then you you can easily move him along once he's done that job for you. And we all know with forwards, it, it, with their easier draw as well, I expect good points. You know, and when Connor Watson comes on, I expect. You said it yourself. They don't attack through the middle. Other clubs would have noticed that. Um, people would be on board with that. And Connor Watson, when he comes on, will offer attack through the middle, I think. And blokes like Lindsay Collins and Takiyo and Wawiri Hargraves, they just big enough to crash over if they're two, three metres out. Like, yep. Yeah. Uh, I like it. So flicking on your draft hats for a minute, I just want really quick answers here. So where are we drafting Satili Tupanoa? Oh, fourth or fifth round. If yeah, I'd say probably fifth. I'd look more for fifth because your four, your first four, you want to try to get spine mm. as much as you can, and then maybe even yeah, fifth, fifth or sixth because you do want to have a recognised forward if you can get one. Yep, Ricky. Um, as as well. Yeah, I agree with Biggs. Yeah, fifth or sixth, maybe Anton? late. Uh, yeah, I reckon about sixth. Joey Manu, where are we picking him up? Fuck. <sighs> We going early on him, or we we sitting on him? I'd sit on him personally. He, he's another one you could probably pick, provided no one's got a hard on for the Roosters in your draft. I think you could get him a bit later, like eight, nine, even. That's late. That's late. Yeah. Like, like I, I expect him to be gone within the first fifty picks. So really, yeah. really, first fifty picks. That's five rounds of a ten-man draft, eh? Oh, like I, I, I took him in the fourth round in one of the drafts recently at full at fullback as well because um, well, the know, fullbacks you, just went. You know yourself. You know yourself. If Teddy goes down, he's going in. Hundred percent. You know, and fuck, man. Look, don't I touch wood because I love Teddy. You know, I love watching him play. But fucking, you get yourself a six or eight week injury, mate. You're on. You're tearing. You're yeah. fucking tearing. Yeah, Anton, you you taking him around the same? I didn't realize he was dual position. Yeah, yeah, he's got fullback, yeah. Holy, well, that, that changes things a bit for me. I, I reckon I'd have him about number four. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, because I, yeah, he's just, um like, like you say, it's just, there's been some injury niggles over the off-season for James Tedesco. He's had some some surgery, I believe. Um, So you just you just never know. And I think he's he's first man back there. And man, that'd be that'd be a score if you had him sitting there and he got moved to fullback. Yeah, I'm all over Manu. Um, Radley, we looking at him at all for draft? Late, late, ten to twelve to thirteen. Draft's different than classic, man. Yeah, um, 10, seventeen maybe. See, I can see him going fucking nine, ten. But yeah. he's a solid forty-five, fifty points, and you sometimes not getting that out of players. Like, and he'll give it every week that he's there. Yeah, I yeah I. I because of the hook non-hooker status anymore, it, it kind of like drops him down severely for me. If he was still hooker, I would I would be more inclined to pick him up and draft. Anton, he's he's one of those guys that I think he's one of those guys that I think um his his name and and his popularity will attract people to him. So he yep. will basically be higher up than I think he should be. Yep. So I I would for that reason I I just wouldn't put much focus on him at all, and I'd be happy to let others pick him up. So yep. I, I'd actually pick up a Bunty over over him because yep. I think. Any of those props go down. Matt Lobbs gets suspended all the time. He's suddenly he's your starting prop, and I think like he he's also a dual position, and no one's picking Bunty. He's like miles miles down most people's lists. Point zero zero one percent ownership. Mate, 
That's right. Yeah, that's it. And that's me. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but it's it's just um it's just one of those things. That I think I, I think when it comes to draft as well, it's it's about kind of thinking about some of those guys that maybe everyone's not looking at. Um, and I think he's one of those guys that will probably be drafted sooner than he should. Yep. No, I completely agree. I mean, draft, you're not really looking at Radley because, like you said, someone's going to grab him early and good luck to you. Um, are we all expecting Kiri to go pretty early? Two to three? Yeah, just, there's yeah. no sixes. The sixes is fucking <clears throat> wasteland. I believe on Supercoach 360's website in my dynasty, I had him, had him in around 25, 26, I believe. Yep. So I get to their website. There you go. Supercoach 360. W, there's W's in front. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Anton, you, you're taking Kiri early, mate. Yeah, I, w- I would. I, yeah. I, I, I just have him a bit a bit higher up there. And it's just because, like, you you have to get a piece of that Roosters attack. And I, I just think if you you know if you miss James Tedesco, then he's he's your next he's your next man. Him and Sam Walker are both pretty high, I would say. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I don't know which one I'd have above. Maybe Sam Walker just for the goal kicking, but having the dual flexibility is really important in drafts. Definitely, um, definitely. So that that for me actually for draft would have him slightly ahead of of Walker. Yep. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, Lindsay Collins, are we looking at Lindsay Collins in the draft, or are we looking for free free agency once we know what he's doing with minutes? Look, I'd I'd get him because he's still young and he's a front rower. He'll be there for the next, especially if it's dynasty draft or dynasty. Sorry, um, he'll he's easy as six year, seven year prop. And as we all know, most props get better as they get older because their game evolves. They get better. They learn more. They get to know their halves, their hookers, and I can just see the bloke getting better. I mean, like, he's not going to regress. He, if anything, he should just chug along at sixty, sixty-five, like. Which is pretty good for a draft. Yeah, look, I think I think end of the season he's going to be in the top five or six front rowers in the comp. So, yeah. you know, if you look at it, if you look at it that way, and also like if he comes through this ACL, you know, he's he he doesn't have he doesn't have um, issues with the judiciary like a lot of other players have. Um, you know, it's really just that knee. So there's no head knocks or anything like that to worry about. He's young, as you say. I, I mean, I yeah, I. I'm actually quite high on him for front row, but front front row for me is not a position that I, I don't know. I think it's I think there's a there's a, there's a few good buys there. Um, you know, once you get your creative players, I don't know, maybe like maybe four fourth, something like that. Yep. Uh, you know, unfortunately, front row seem to be the shit heap for draft. Just yeah. before, just before CTW, like they always get left last. You know, they're not they're exciting, like, are they? Uh, so. Like you'll get halves that may go in the first round, uh, maybe maybe TPJ in the second, um, AFB in the third. Then you may may get uh, a couple of props in the fourth or fifth round. I, but I where think, where are you taking Collins? I I personally would take him probably fifth round. All right, sweet, cool. Um, Fair enough. All right, so we'll move on to the Kenny Loggins danger zone. Danger zone. The players of high risk or just complete avoids. I've thrown uh, JWH in here. 
Um, so Rui Hardgraves, I see his minutes drying up this season, as we've talked about with Collins. Um, you've got TKO there. You've got the Butcher Brothers. Um, plenty, of, plenty of young followers coming through. You've got Saluka Fafita there as well. Yeah, him, he's um, good, but he's wild. He is wild. Famously for punching old mate in the tackle last year. Uh, <laughs> back, of the, back of the head, too. Back of the head, yep, yep. Uh, it was Brent Tate on uh, Greg Bird style. <laughs> Just got him in the tackle. It was nasty. Um, but hopefully if he pulls that out of his game, um, he'll be taking more and more minutes off an aging uh, Rui Hydrave. So stay away from JWH, in my opinion. Uh, that wraps up our Roosters. We will move on to the Newcastle Knights. Uh not such an interesting team this year. They finished seventh last year. They had 12 wins with a point difference of 140 minus 143, which was worse than 11th place. Um, they'll fall out of the eight this year. There's lots of chatter about them being contenders for the spoon. I don't see that. I've got them 10 to 14th this year. Um, they do still have some quality players in important positions. Um, and we'll kick off those players with Daniel Saifidi. Uh, Bergs, you've got some info on the big Daniel for us. Well, I do, man. Like he again, he's the same. He's the same breath as Lindsay Collins, really. Um, he's getting better and better with age. I think he's still only twenty four or twenty five years old. He's developed offloads. He's developed uh, ball handling skills, where he'll he'll give a nice little deft pass and shit. Um, I do worry about his minutes. Because um, his brother seems to be coming along, just chugging along nicely as well. Um, I worry about the minutes, but I can also see the minutes getting split up between the three of them, and all three of them easily chug along nicely yep. with shared minutes. Um, the the thing with DSAF is he can score a try. He scored a few last year early, which inflated him up. But um, I do worry about their lack of direction this year. Uh, with the new young halves, uh, it's not going to take much for them to get bullied, if you know what I mean, um, which is going to take away from the forwards. Plus, losing Jaden Braley takes away from their forwards as well. Uh, he does – I know he doesn't look like much chop, but he does a fuckload of work, and he gets them on the front foot a lot. Um, but in saying that, mm. Stafidi's an origin player. Um, for the price, I think – Collins and that are probably better shouts. They're a bit cheaper and will do the exact same job. But if you're set on going that way, you'll have yourself a nice pod. We'll lose him for origin. Um, that's your other thing. Yep. yep. Anton, uh, agree, disagree? Much no, I totally add? agree. I, no, not, not much to add. I just think he's he's a quality player. You won't you won't lose by having him in your side. But I think he's, you know, for the, for the price, there's actually better options. You know, you're better off using some of that money. In a, in, a, in a position that's got a higher ceiling. Yep, yep. Ricky? Yeah, he's a nice, uh, good player, but, um, yeah, with, with uh, Clemmer, Jacob, and uh, other options. Mimosa, I think they touted to get a start this year. He's a cheapie, 200 and something thousand. Was it Mimosa? Mimosa or something like that. I don't know how to say it. Almost, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mama Thea, there you go. Yeah, he, he was playing second row in the weekend. Yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was playing on an edge. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, Knights. That they they uh, uh they are awful this year. Like I had I had them making the eight with with Jaden Brody. Without Jaden Brody, there's no chance in hell. 
no way, no, no. So, but look, Safidi will score points. He'll get 50, 55 average, 60 maybe. Same with uh, Jacob, I guess. I think Clem is on the other than yeah. the other. So, um, he actually looked good in the trial. He, yeah. he did a lovely short ball to put a guy through a hole and score, and he just looked like, I don't know, he just, it just looked like a different David Clemmer in, in the weekend. I don't know they were playing the dogs. They were playing the dogs. <laughs> no, he just, he just looked like, I don't know, last season there was something up with him. I don't know whether he had something going on off the field or whatever it was, but he, he didn't look like he had that fire in his belly anymore. Yeah, but, he looked um, like, it looked like he forgot his angry pills. Like, you yeah, know, he, yeah. like he was always a fiery player, like the dogs and that yeah. night. So, yeah. Absolutely. If Jacob Saifidi starts, he's only 400k. He's really yeah, he's on. Yeah. He's, he's in. Um, Curtis Mann, well, Kurt Mann, Mr. Utility himself. Uh, Ricky, rap okay. to us about Kurt Mann. I will. I will. 383,300, so very, very cheap. Nice. Duality of uh, 5.8. No, center and 5'8", I believe. Yep. Um, yep. 2021 average of 44, which is not very exciting at all. Most of those games were off the bench or at center, I believe. Yep. And in a Knights team that looked like it last year. Um, yeah, it's not, not take it with a grain of salt. 0.56 points per minute. Um, this year, increased workload, looking to be... Uh, starting lock, uh, probably fill in hooker a few minutes as well. So, increased workload, possible increased minutes of maybe 10 15 extra minutes. Um, first 12 games are mid strength, so I don't really think he will be affected too much at back row because. He'll just tackle, tackle. Um, yeah, so I think maybe 55, 60 average. I didn't have him in, in my team. His price is very tempting for me, especially with the 5.8 CTW jewel. I can put him and I can put Thomas, uh, the Amoni fella from um, Dragons in there. So instead of Paul Turner, putting him in my team. Bugs, anything to add for Kurt Mann? Chat. Anyone who played two, yeah. Anyone who played Supercoach prior to last year knows Kurt Mann's fucking useless. But he had a good year last year. He did. I'll give you that. Like forty-four. I wouldn't call it good. Yeah, but if you look early on in the year, he went through patches where he was scoring sixties and seventies because yeah. someone had him. Um, it was by the end of the year when they were coming back to full strength, he was not getting much go. Um, look, he's he's loved by Newcastle. The coach loves him. The, uh, the, the spectators hate him. But <laughs> the coach loves him. So he will get some minutes. I, I just can't see him fucking chugging along to a five, 500 or anything like that. He'd just be a waste of a trade. He'd be a waste for me. He's, he's one of those ones that if he's starting, I think you want him. But the minute he's fucking named on the bench, that you sort of got to get off him. Um, Anton, you can't trust Brian Kenya. You can't. Yeah. That was my main point with him. Is that like you know how often did we see Watson named at lock last year? And then yeah, and then week. he went back. He went back to being. And we went hooray! And then you watch the game and he's like he's not running on the field. You're like where is he? 
out comes Jess. Just absolutely food. rotten stuff. And, and he's really he's so versatile, you know. And they've yeah, they've got they've got guys that can play that lock role. They got Mitch Barnett. They got you know there's, there's guys who can play that role. So I, I don't know. Like I I actually find the price a bit awkward because that three three eighty k, like you say, you could go down to a Monet for like you know for, and save yourself hundred k. Um, and he's a he's a starting six that's going to stay there most likely. Um, man might, might be on the on the field for sixty minutes, but then again. That could that could be a sixty plus score if he does that. I suppose it comes down to what you think the Knights are capable of too. How many yeah, attacking yeah. points they have have in them against the good teams, and he's going to need them. He's going to need those attacking points. Otherwise, he he's he's not going to be a thirteen that makes it makes up your points in base for that that price. You could get a Katoa in second row for that. Teamless, teamless Tuesday or the 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 makeup of the bench of the first, of the top seventeen will determine whether I have them in my team or not because. Yeah, if, if he's in the team when there's no other back cover on the bench, then then I'm going for it because he'll cover. Yeah. he'll cover back row, yeah. centre, full back when Hong inevitably hurts himself. Well, one thing in the trial was that like they looked much better when he was on the field. They, they you know, when he was on the field, they looked like they had some a bit of go about them. So mm. I, I don't know, like I can see why people would get on, but I want him at five eight. I think the worst thing, the worst thing is if. If Clifford and Clone fuck up and he gets shifted to playmaker, I don't want that. That that is like the worst thing possible. Hopefully, hopefully Clifford picks his shit up. Well, <laughs> speaking of players that need the halves to perform, uh, one of the best names in the game, Bradman Best, Ogatron. Still a baby, like he's still just a baby. He gets hurt a lot. Love it, man, because. If he's fit and Ponga's fit, they attack left side heavily. Um, Ponga loves it over on the left. Best is over on the left. He's a massive human being. Um, he's only like 20, maybe 21 this year. The, the drama is the points. Are they going to be able to get up to that end of the field to utilise Bradman Best? He's not doing 70-metre tries. I hate to break it to you. He's a big kid. Um, so, I don't know. If you if you personally can see the Knights being a good attacking side, I can see Bradman Best being an option for you. Me personally, don't see him scoring 24 points a game, which if they were going to do that, he's liable for maybe one of those tries here and there. But I can't see him getting up there for them to use him. Great player, but like if they get, get within the 20-metre range and use him properly... He's scoring tries. Yeah, he's a he's a threat in between that forty and twenty, where he can you know bust two or three tackles and get a swift offload to his winger. That's where he's dangerous. Yeah. Um, Anton, anything to add for for Bradman Best? I, I just think he likes an injury as well. He's 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 had a few niggles over the last couple of years, and I don't know. I think the price, you know, if you're going to spend that money in your sense in, in your sense wing, you can get a Katoni Stags for twenty k less. Yeah. You know, it's a it's quite a bit of money. It's like what? What is it about four fifty k something like that? So, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think options for the money even firmer. You know, who could be starting in the second row? He's under four hundred k. You know. Yep. Yep. Ricky, uh, I'm not having him in anywhere near my squad. Every time I've had him in my squad, he's got injured the next game. So that's your fault. No. <laughs> feel sorry for anyone that's got the two um, Newcastle Knights centers in their team this year. That's a big mistake. 
Um, a lesser-known player out of the Knights, uh, a young fella called, I don't think I've ever heard of him, Kalen Ponga. Um, I don't know. Anton, can you tell me about Kalen Ponga? Introduce me to the man. <laughs> um, he's, he's a complex character, old Kalen. Um, but, uh, no, so he only played 14 games last season, which, you know, the Knights would have wanted, wanted more from Kalen. I think he's one of these frustrating fullbacks that um, he, he tends to he tends to show up on one side of the field. He does, and and he and he hovers behind the ruck. When unlike other fullbacks who seem to push up around the ruck and and sniff around and and look for the ball, a little inside ball or something like that, he's happy to wait wait till quite late in the set. And then the, the when they when they spread it on the third or the fourth tackle, he kind of sits out the back and tries to do something. Um, the Knights, you know, when, when they're on and they've got a lot, um, a lot of options and stuff, it can be quite good because he's got other runners and he's got other people that teams are looking at. Now they're all looking at him because they've got no Braley. They've got a couple of young halves. You know, I think that becomes a lot easier to read. And he's 600K. Um, and the Knights draw is also really tough. So in the first eight weeks, they play the Roosters, the Panthers, Manly, Eels and the Storm. So they've got a lot of hard games in the, in the opening part of the draw. And you could argue that most of the games they play will be hard games. Um, so, you know, he's capable of huge scores. He's, he, did, he did score 163 last year against the Sharks, but he also had five scores out of, his out of his 14 games under 50 points. And so I guess if you're spending 600K on a player, you don't want him, him to be giving you, you know, um, nearly a third of his, uh, you know, over a third of his scores under 50. Um, he's lost the goal kicking to Clifford as well. So for me, like, and he's fullback only. So I don't really think there's much more to say about Caelan Ponger in terms of whether you start with him or not. Um, you know, a little bit extra will get you pappy. And I think, like, um, I, don't, I don't think many people should be considering him for round one unless, you know, he gets moved to 5'8 and he picks up dual status. Then he becomes interesting. Yep. Rick? Yeah, look, uh, I think uh, Pong is, in my book, he's like the sixth best fullback in the draft board, behind even behind Walsh. I've got Walsh just yeah. ahead of no worries by us there, of course. But um, I just don't like it. I don't like the Newcastle team. He did, he looked disinterested last year, scored the one, one big game, and then did fuck all for the rest of the year. Every he just he just doesn't excite me. I'm off. So Ricky, just on that on that um Walsh call, right? Walsh is 40k less and he's kicking goals and he's got a soft draw. So yeah. that's something for people to consider if they if they want to zig rather than zag with their fullback to start there. And, and also hopefully another week off of suspension, Kira Warriors <laughs> and uh oh, yeah. Melbourne Warriors and Melbourne uh applying for their dispensation. Yeah, yeah, because what a lot of people don't realise is they think that his suspension was all for, for the Coke ban, but he also got suspended in the last week of the comp for contrary contract conduct, which is a one-game ban. So that's the one they're looking to overturn. I'm not, not going to go into Walsh too much, but makes him more enticing for that early Warriors draw. Hence why I'm not on Ponga. Ergs, your thoughts on Walsh? Not Walsh, KP. <laughs> Look, I like KP. If It's like the boys said. Um, if he had more enthusiasm and a bit more go, he'd be a he'd be a, a class one player. But he drops off. Um, Harvey's problem is like Anton was saying, he doesn't back up. He waits for play three and four to chime into backline plays. It's because he's got such lovely hands. They do that. Like 
And I think he's a bit fragile, so you don't really want him pumping up the middle there either. Is he the back version of David Fafita? Like, he'll he'll be excited for five or ten minutes and then do fuck all for the rest of the game? Yeah, look, he's, his potential's up here. Like, it's way up there. He's, he's got kicking game. He's got a passing game. He's, he's a well-rounded dude. He's just a little lazy for me. Um, but, yeah, oh... I could see people go on the pod. He has lost the goal kicking butt from mm. what I heard. So that's that's, that's, huge, that's huge for me. Yeah, mm. that is a big loss as well. Is it Clifford um, that Clifford's getting at or Clifford, yeah. Yeah, Clifford. Yeah. yeah I picked Clifford up Clifford right in the draft. I picked up Clifford in the fig jam draft, so I'm happy with that. You beauty. Yeah. Nice. Right. An extra so, two points a week for you guys for Clifford. <laughs> yeah. Real, tell us a bit about Mitch Barnett, Bergs. You got some stats there for us on him, I got his price. It's five sixty. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, the thing with Mitch Barnett is, two years ago I would have told you no, Mitch Barnett, because he's a suspension liability. Um, last year, fucking curved the aggression. Played mm. every game just about. Was impressive. Actual leader. Um Push comes to shove, I wouldn't say no to starting with Mitch Barnett. There was those rumors um, floating around of Mitch Barnett playing through the last half of the season with two hip injuries. He was basically not walking through the week. He wasn't training and he'd show up on tra- on game day, get needled up and run out. I think that's fucking super yeah. impressive. It says a lot about him. Yeah. And there you go. If he was playing needled up for them last couple of games, you can you can expect some good things from Mitch. Um I, I, I say yes to Mitch Barnett. And I like I, draft, him, draft him early. I like I like Mitch on an on an edge for the Knights. If he um I if if I saw him named on an, on an edge, I'd be a lot higher on him. I mean, mm. maybe even third or fourth. Oh, Dad's money's got old mate there, but Fitz, yeah, Fitz, mm. uh, Fitzy, yeah, yeah. Do you reckon? Yeah, it's cut. It's cut a million dollars a year to the club, mate. Just to put yeah. your kid out there. It's fucking yeah. gross. Jeez. <laughs> Real quickly, uh, where are we drafting Dan Saifidi? Seventh. Yes. Big seven. Cool. That's, that sounds about right. Yep. Uh, Kurt Mann? Oof. Last. <laughs> uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yep. So a revisit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty far down. I mean, the dual thing's interesting, but, you know, he's still far down for me. Yep. Uh, Bradman Best? About the same. Yeah, I'll get him 10th, 11th, I reckon, easily, 12th, even. Yep. KP? I, I drafted him second or third round. Hmm. Just because by the time, I think I was 12th picking this particular draft, by the time it got all the way up, I was struggling because you got to think first goes Turbo, Teddy, Pappy, Trill, fucking Guffo, I think, was even gone. So mm. I snapped up KP as quick as I could. So if you're in a draft situation and they all go like that, I think you've got to get on as quick as you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. late third, Matt, that's the worst you want to go. Just Mitch Barnett. Uh, oh. I, can see, I can see him going seventh, seventh or eighth, if not a bit earlier, if you think he's going to go from 12 to lock. And play eighty. Good, uh, Ricky. Yeah. Your thoughts on Barney? Like I, I had him last year as my super pod for my second row. I'm not going near him this year. But look, he's he's a fifth, sixth, seventh round. You can 
depending on depending on how the draft goes. Yeah, anywhere between fifth and seventh rounds. All so. right. All right. Well, we'll get into the danger zone. Our Kenny Loggins player for the Knights. Danger zone. Uh, one's previously mentioned. We'll move back up into the front row with David Clemmer. Um, I can see, again, this is going to be a minutes thing. Uh, he's aging forwards. Uh, he's got young or younger Jacob Saifidi. Um I, I like the idea of Jacob Saifidi starting. And I think by the end of the season, it'll be the Safidi brothers starting for the Knights. Um, and Clemmer will be back on that bench coming on, um, not getting a whole lot of minutes there. So he's a risky one for me. And it yeah. gives him our Kenny Loggins label. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to add about the Saifedi brothers just before we move on is I, I always thought that it would be cool if they interchanged and just swapped jerseys and acted like they did interchange, like the parent trap. Yeah. You, you, could yeah, just, yeah. you could just get away with swapping jerseys and not, not interchanging. They've got to try it, surely. If there were, it, would have been, it would have been easier in the 80s when there wasn't fucking cameras in every square <laughs> inch of the fucking stadiums. Well, yeah. It would have been easier. It would have been harder two years ago because Jacob was a bit shit. Yeah, um, that's true. So maybe this year at halftime they could do it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, he might have played his brother out of origin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll strap in for a long one here, and we will move on to the Central Coast. I mean, the New Zealand Warriors. Stop! My penis can only get so erect. Um, finished twelfth last year, uh, eight wins, a point differential of minus one hundred and seventy-one. Um, we're expecting them to improve this year. Uh, SJ's back, looking happy as ever, which is all good signs. Um, they may scrape the eight, but I've got them likely a nine to 12. Ricky, you want to tell us about the hero of New Zealand returning, uh, Sean Johnson? Yes, Jay's back. There's a reason why my, uh, my classic team is called SJ's back, back again. Don't know if you younger people understand that. Um, oh, mate, fucking hell. <laughs> I ate M&M's. They're pretty good. Uh, SJ, 462,000. It's probably close to the cheapest he's ever been since his rookie year. Um, 2021 average of 53 at 0.7 points per minute. Only 10 games last year um, for the shit Sharks team. The three previous years, which is a bit more concerning for me, was 16, 17, and 18 games. So it's gradually getting worse. What draws me to SJ is Warriors having a very nice draw. I think they'll be five and two in the first seven games. And the six and seven round uh, Roosters and Storm. So I think they'll go first five games, five and oh. A happy SJ. Is, uh, is is always a good thing. As his average is showing, he's 65 plus for the previous four years, I believe. He's not so not so roller coaster as he was previously uh, when he was a young whippersnipper. Oof, what else can I say? I mean, he's just gonna he's gonna make the right side of the Warriors just more fin- uh, more difficult relevant. Happy days for Curran uh, or Katoa, whoever gets the right side. 
um, and um, hopefully Dallin. Uh, so, yeah, that's my SJ breakdown. I'm happy with him. He's in my team. He's my he's my starting 5'8 at the moment because of his dual status. Anton, anything to add for the for SJ? Yeah, just on, on SJ, like, I mean, he's, he's in my team as well. Um, a part of that is just because, you know, he's back in a Warriors strip, and if I'm watching a Warriors game, I want to be going for him in every possible way. Um, he... I think he's a different player to um, the one that left the Warriors, and I think in a good way. Um, he's a much more well-rounded player. Um, yes, I mean, the durability side is is a worry, but if you look at a lot of, a lot of the long injury layoffs, he, d- he did his ankle really badly ages ago. Then he did his Achilles tendon. Um, so those aren't really related, and they're not really something that has a necessarily a high re-injury rate. It's the soft tissue injuries that were the worry. So the stuff like hamstrings and, you know, like his calf and stuff like that, He's, he's on the wrong side of 30 now. So those kind of things are going to need to be managed, which means that explosive taken off and all that sort of stuff, that's that's where, you, where your calves come into play. And I think that's why they're going to name Nicarima as the other half, is just because you, you need a strong running half next to him. I kind of see him playing a little bit more like the the Adam Reynolds type role where, you know, he's actually directing um, stuff around the park a lot more. He's throwing good balls. He's putting the kicks in and stuff like that. His short kicking game is awesome. His um his you know ability to force repeat sets, um, his ability to put the ball onto the winger's chest like he's just ridiculously accurate. His left to right passing. Um, so for that reason, for the price, I think he's he's probably about hundred k under where where he'll where he'll finish up. So you could say like yeah, there's not a lot of gain in that, but I would argue that um, the opening rounds of the draw. Uh, it's it's more about the points um, in the halves, and I've I've just chosen not to not to break the bank in the halves this year. I've cho- I've chosen to go a little bit light there, um, and lighter in the, the CTW. So um, yeah, for me he's a, he's a good pick, and um, I'm just excited to see what he brings to the attack. SJ is SJ is the perfect reserve uh, half option because you can have the Clary, you can have Munster or Walker. And then you can have SJ on the bench who can fill both spots. Uh, so, like, I, if his, if his performance keeps up and he's injury-free, I'm keeping him the whole year. Keeping him, I'm, I'm not worrying about what he gets up to. I'm not going to sell him. He's, he's not going to be, he's not going to be uh, origin issue. He's not going to be um, I don't think he's going to be dependent on who he's playing against. I think he'll still have a good base because of the short kicking games. Um, so yeah, I've all aboard this, Jay. I think, yeah, I think anyone who's worried about you know injuries to Sean Johnson and then they they're, they're high on Luke Carey, like it's for it's me, it's like. Yeah. They're, they're quite they're quite similar in that regard so like I, I think it's you know you either are high on that team's chances of scoring points all early on and you think they're going to be amongst that action or you don't the one thing that um is a, is a bit of a minus for him though is he's not goal kicking so i think the first couple of weeks we might see him goal kicking he has been working with daryl halligan in the um uh in in, in the off season uh but he's not the only one so I think uh, when Reese Walsh lines up, he will take over. But we may see Sean Johnson with the goal kicking in the first two rounds. 
Ergs, anything to add to that very comprehensive cover of SJ? Oh, they're patriotic, these Kiwis. <laughs> they like, dead. Like, what would happen? To, uh, let's just go a bit off topic, but bloody hell, what would happen if he rocked up at your house for dinner? Fucking Kiwis <laughs> love him. Like, honestly, like, no, I was, in saying that, I love SJ myself. I'd invite him straight in if he rocked up at my house for dinner too. But um, I'll be honest with you. I can see, I'd much see much more appeal to a Jackson Hastings than a Sean Johnson. Sorry, boys. Um, like I, I do. <laughs> no, look, I, you know what? I love SJ, and SJ has proven the last couple of years that he's now more of a facilitator and he's not going to get you them 20s. He's going to at least get you a 40, 50 base, you know, like he does a bit extra work. Um, it's just body. It's just body. As, as an older man myself now, it's fucking hard to get out of bed. And having some of these certain injuries, like your Achilles tendon, that never, ever heals the same, man. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Like, same as your coccyx. I think he's had a coccyx injury. My coccyx still hangs out from where I smashed it as like a Zip fucking... Zip your jeans up, brother. No, no, I smashed it as a 16-year-old kid, man. Never come back. Like, yeah. so I've got a fucking tail. And... um. He's had coccyx injuries and shit. And it's one of them things, like, these injuries are, are long-staying injuries that just don't fucking go away. They're there pretty much for life. And it's going to come down to a lot of injury management from him. They've got the halves there. If they get in front, I can see him getting benched for Harris Tavita. Um, there's just a lot. Ash Taylor's malingering around as well. Um, if that if they're getting thumped 30 nil as well, I can see him whipping him off and, just giving him a 20-minute break. There's no point having him out there if, they, if the game's out of touch. Um, it's we, won't be, just, we won't be losing 30 no, in any game. We're, we're not, we're not the Tigers. We're not the I'll Tigers. Play, I'll take when that. You play the dogs. When you play the dogs. We'll move on to one of my personal favourite Warriors players, uh, Alisi Katoa. And Bergs, uh, tell me about Taylor. Alisi Katoa. A bit quiet last year. Um, bit quieter year last year, but they had the emergence of Curran and Tohu was there, which is a massive, massive out for the Warriors, mate. And that pushes from what I've heard Curran to the middle, which opens up a spot for Katoa. Now, if Katoa's with SJ, get on, get on it. For, I think he's only $353,000. Do you play the first by the Warriors? Yes. There you go. He's he's there. So. He's there, juicing money to at least fourteen, fifteen. You can trade him probably up to any gun you want. If not, keep him if he's going that good. Um, we do like like every year we get a guy that will go from start to finish, and if he maintains that edge spot, I can see him being that guy we have from start to finish. Um, he's a fucking wrecking ball man. He's a try scorer. I just like him, man. Last year. Not much of him, but this year with their injuries and stuff, I can see him getting a start at least to around 10, 11, 12. And it looks like he's been named on that um, right edge as well uh, where he was playing last year, so that's good news. Uh, yeah. Ricky, you want to tell us about Katoa? Yeah, look, uh, I think he'd be in the starting lineup, and I thought he'd be close to actually missing out on the interchange bench. But I heard it with Justin Morgan was Talking League podcast and he's pretty, 
adamant or it was pretty pretty clear to me that Katoa looks to be on the right edge and Curran more 13, um, which kind of dim, dims my view of Curran. Uh, but Katoa, him being a big body, scared the living shit out of all the small halves running next to SJ on the off. SJ, SJ's short ball, lovely. Um, I haven't got him in my team at the moment. I, I don't want to put too many warriors in my team. Uh, I, I try not to be. I try not to do that with my super coach teams. Yep, fair enough. Uh, Anton Katoa, yay nay. Yeah, a lot. I'm I'm high on him for the reasons you guys mentioned. Um, so just to clear up his role, I think he's going to start on that edge until um, such time as he loses it or Harris comes back. So Murdoch Masilla has fallen way off the radar in terms of being an edge forward. Um, I think the, I think the game's gone past him now on the edge. Uh, he's just too big and he's not mobile enough. So I think we'll see him play through the middle uh, more often. Um, Elias Katoa will probably play about 60 to 65 minutes, I would say. And then like um, Viliama Kikau, you'll see him come off. Um, and, and I think you'll see Josh Curran move to the edge. So you'll see Josh Curran play both like Ryan Madison will. So he'll spend a bit of time in the middle and then he'll have a chance to attack on the edge as, as it's tiring sort of thing. So I think Josh Curran, you can expect um, fairly close to 80. And I think for Katoa, you're probably looking around that 65 minute mark. But in saying that, like, I don't know whether you guys saw him in the trial. He looked pretty slim down and he was running that ball with some, some real shape about him. And his defense was much better. That was his was big that? issue last year because he got dropped a Q Cup for his defense. Um, and so he's been working really hard on that on the offseason. And I think um, from what I saw, he looked he looked a million times better than than what I saw from him last year. Um, I've seen that happen a lot around the traps. Like some of the boys who were tanking on for those two seasons ago who were absolute massive dudes. Like, I think it was Liam – is it Liam Knight from the fucking uh, the Rabideau? Yes. He, he admitted it. Toby Rudolph even admitted it. Like, And th this yeah. year, they've all trimmed down at least 10 kilos. And yeah. They're all, I, I, I can see all like a lot of boys juicing up this year, you know what I mean, price-wise. Um, it's also just getting ahead around the game too. Like, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's played less than 50 games of rugby league at any level in his whole life. That's that's what a freak he is, right? He's he's lining up to start from the Warriors' edge, and he's played bugger all rugby league in his life. Yeah, and so like, yeah. and so he's just learning the game, and then they change the whole game on him. So suddenly he doesn't know where he is defensively, so they put him down the Q Cup to get his confidence back. But he's a, he's a he's a good student, and he's a good learner of the game and stuff. And he'll, you know, if you pick him for dynasty, I think he's that type of player where you know you could, if you get on him now and just sit on him for a few years you'll be laughing because he's yeah. he's still really young he's 21 or something and mm -hmm. um yeah i I'm, I'm high on him and for the price in classic i think he's um he's just one of those those hard guys to go by i i, I would have him above highland lukey for example who may play more minutes but is, he's got a crap ppm um and he's playing in a less attacking side most likely so i, I actually oh uh, yeah I, I like him but i'm like you i'm conscious of how many warriors I've got on that team? Look, it's 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 a dicey game you play. Whether you you put yeah your team team members in and you you try and try and hold that bias out. You know you you're trying to think of reasons to to keep them out when you don't need to. 
You know, if, if they're that good, and they, then why why does the shirt colour matter? I've also got four Broncos. I don't like it, but they're there. Well, you know, there's value there, so. They're off. Um, leave Anton to talk about DWZ. Dallin Wateni Zelezniak. Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, so DWZ, 394K. Um, so I think, you know, he presents quite a bit of, you know, value. Uh, but let's break it down a little bit more. So a lot of people go, well, okay, well, Sean Johnson's on his side. Therefore, he's going to score more tries. Therefore, he's going to be a great player to have in your CT dub. But awkward price. He's nearly he's about 400K. Uh, he came to the Warriors in round 16 last year and played nine games. High score of 75, which was against the Panthers with no try. So that was good. But low score of nine against the Titans in 80 minutes. Um, apart from that, he had okay scores. Um, he takes a lot of good runs. Like um, I think what's good about him is, and you'll know this from the Bulldogs days, um, is that, you know, he he's an effort runner. He, he looks like he yeah. tries hard with every run that he does. And, like doesn't always get it right, and he often makes errors because of what he's trying to do. He often, I think he he'll he'll see something and like uh, you know he'll go for it, but he'll leave the ball behind or um, forget to pass it or whatever it is. But like Play I think it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, I think when well, the, you know what to when his credit in the, when he's doing that shit, his team's nearly nearly always on the back foot. It's yeah. he's never yeah. doing it when you're on the front foot. If you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, SJ's going to play on his side and, and at the price, I, I think he'll probably improve because of the draw. You know, just don't expect the world because, um, you know, last year in three of the four games where he scored, he only scored a try in four games. Um, last year in three of those four games where he scored a try for the Warriors, he didn't score more than 60 points. So he was actually sub 60 with a try. So that, you know, he, he, he doesn't have a huge amount of base. Even though he, he works really hard, he doesn't often have the stats to show for it. And the other thing is if people are banking on him to play some fullback, it ain't going to happen. Um, Nathan Brown has come out quite clearly because everyone just thought Reese Walsh is out. Oh, well, great. We'll just put, um, you know, within his Lesniak back there. And he, and he was like, no, not going to happen. I will put Chanel Harris-Tavita at fullback before I put him there. And I think it might come down to like just simplifying the guy's role. I think for, for years he's been like... You know, he's had it in his mind that he can play fullback. He played there for the Kiwis, came back, wanted fullback money. So they tried him there. And I just think, you know, he plays so much better when he's got a simplified role. Um, and he, I don't think Nathan Brown wants to muck around with that too much. So, um, And they're probably only paying him wingers' wages too. So if, uh, if they start paying a fullback, he'll probably try and break the bank. So, again. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of think um, he might be a bit of a trap. Um, he, he might be an all right scorer, but he's kind of like the Addo Car sort of thing. Like without the tries, it's like what if you know you've got this guy who's kind of an awkward price scoring you 30s and 40s, and that would frustrate the crap out of me if I started with him at that price. You could get like a Bo Firma for for less than that, or you know you, there's there's other players who are, who are cheaper. So he's a no for me in classic, but I'm interested to hear you guys' thoughts. Thanks. No, I wouldn't touch him in classic. Um, just because there's so many better options for 400k or just a little bit above. Like, no offense to Dallin. Like you said, he's an effort man, but sometimes those efforts don't always translate to super coach. Um, and his ceiling, his ceiling's nowhere near some of these other guys. So it's it's one of them gamblers. If you're going to have him, it's only because you love the bloke or he's related. Um, 
I've got some very sad news. He's currently out of my team after oh, the after the trial after the trial game that that I suffered through. I um, have decided to put Rocco Berry in there instead. Ooh, a lot, Rocco. Yep, yep. So uh, sorry, Cuz, your your <laughs> shit, uh, your shit trial game um, has proved disastrous for you and my Supercoach team. So. Uh, and he hasn't watches either. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can't be brought. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen some of that stuff. It's, he's always like, you know, holding his wrist up, showing off his gears. I'm like, what's this all about? Well, if you got it showed off, eh, I would be doing the same thing. Um, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of a bloke that I think he quite likes to show off every now and then, uh, Adam Fanua Blake. Big prop, Bergs. Weapon. I forgot to get his price, but... Um, Weapon of a bloke and one of the premier forwards in the game. Um, has an offload, has a sidestep, has passing ability, not just an offload. Like he can literally slip it behind and cut someone out. Like he's got lovely hands for a big man, renowned try scorer. Um, with the likes of SJ, I'm worried about Egan if he hasn't, if he hasn't taking his game to the next level, that takes away from your forwards. Um, oh, you know who I'd like to see it go to hooker and I think would be good for your forwards would be Cody Nikarima. Um, he offers that little bit of extra step and he's fast. And if you got a bloke like Aiden Fanua Blake running off his hip next to the post, I just see Fanua Blake. I see big things for him, man. Um, I would start with him, especially now that you've... It's registered that you're playing the first buy. Um, he, for the extra little bit of money, it's not much for a Lindsay Collins or something like that. But he'll definitely play to round 14, like definitely. And um, bar an injury, of course. But he easily chug along and keep up with the likes of the best in the business in the front row. Easy. He's ma massively undervalued at 505k at the moment. There you go. He's easily a 600k player. Easily. Has been before and will be again. He, he ab look, absolutely sensational in his limited time at the trial. I don't think, I think people underestimate how bad his knee injury was last year. Like, it was as bad as a car crash, apparently. Like, that's, that's, it's going to affect anyone uh, running ability for for a while, you know. So a good preseason, he looks absolutely jacked. Um, so I expect big minutes. I expect fifty five, maybe maybe fifty seven, sixty minutes, five sixty minutes. I want yeah. I want more. Sharon last year, he can do 70, 75 minutes. Um, he did eighty. He did eighty once last year. Him, yeah. him and Lodge. Him and Lodge when they had their when they had all those injuries, they did seventy-eight yeah. and eighty minutes. Seventy-eight. They had, they had no one on the bench. There was yeah. a, there's no one on the bench. And you know and, what? Just touching it. Just what you said, Lodge. Lodge is another one to keep an eye on because they don't take away from each other. They seem to both just chug along nicely, doing their own job. Um, 
I, I like both your props this year, to be honest. They're, they're awesome to watch when they're both on the field because they're, they're honestly t- t- some of the most skillful front rowers when you they're, they're little short passes and the late footwork and that. And um, they always drag in about three or four defenders each time they carry. Yeah. Um, but one thing I will say about AFB is um, I, th- I just think he's, at the price, he was probably one of the first guys I picked in the front row. It was him and, and Hass. I picked, I, I picked both those guys. And they haven't moved from my front row while I've been changing all these other positions. I have not moved those two guys because I just think like sometimes you 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 find a player that you can just absolutely bank on and not have to worry about. You know exactly what they're going to deliver. There's no low scores there. If they score a try, it's a bonus. But I just think with some positions you can get a little bit too clever for yourself and try and find value. But like um, there's just some guys where I just reckon just lock it in. And for me, like um, you know, for a an extra 35k over to a Kamanu or Arrow, like for me, he's just a class above in that front row position. Yeah. Um, so yeah, one of my first picks. Uh, definitely agree. Uh, we'll wrap up the Fig Jam 5 with quite possibly what I believe is one of Ricky's favorite players in the game at the moment. Um, not to really take a role in the game at the moment, but that'll be Rocco Berry. Uh, Ricky, you want to tell us about Berry, mate? Yeah, uh, well, he's the son of a son, son of a former All Black, so that's always a good pedigree. I believe he in the All Black setup to the Warriors. I think it was junior All Blacks, if I'm 100 right. Last year was his first season of rugby league, so like Katoa, pretty much fresh off the boat. So look, he's 322,000, which is on it's, it's cheap, but not as cheap as some other options. I think it's He'll score at 55 a game for the season, especially with his passing game and his attacking skills that he has. He showed it in the weekend. He made Montoya look like the best winger in the world. And if Montoya looks like the best winger in the world, you must be a magician because <laughs> we all know he's not. I think a full preseason and a season under his belt and the fact that the coach, the assistant coach, actually said that he has the ability to be a, a, a Joey Manu type player that is a 5'8 and a, a fullback. That's enticing for down the track. If you own him in a draft, in a dynasty draft, very promising for you going forth. I don't think he'll be moving for my CTW, especially in the first 12 weeks. Ergs, any thoughts on Barry? You're paying the money on potential. He's really unseen at NRL level. Look, I like the look of him, but and we all know trials are trials, man. People don't really give a fuck. They don't really put the body on the line as much. Um, look, I like the look of him. I, I wouldn't risk the money when there's for the extra like hundred grand I can get a stags or something. Um, I'd rather find that money rather than risk it on potential. Um, but good pod, you he'll be a pod, I think. Anton, yeah, I I, I think centers often um. You know, one of the drawbacks there is is sometimes if they put it through the hands and they put the winger over, they don't get actually credited with the with the try assist. So, like, even though he might be involved in a lot of attacking plays down that left side, um, uh, the the right side, um, I'm not as confident that that for 320k you're going to get as much return on that. So, I'm not going to go with him. Um, I can see why other people do. I'm really excited to see him as a player, but you know, for the same price, I'm probably going to go for Selwyn Cobbo who's probably going to be playing a bit of fullback and he's just got, you know, scoring in the corner written all over him. So, uh, you know, I think 
for a similar price, you can probably get something that's a little bit e easier to read and to measure in terms of trying to predict output. And yep. no, and, completely agree with you, there, man. And non-injury games, very averaged fifty last last season. Um, his one injury game, he scored two, um, which was a uh, pretty. Uh, I think it was like early in in the game as well. So. Um, uh, Wilson, Wilson from SE Playbook said that his game is very friendly to Supercoach. Uh, so um, I'm I'm taking him at his word. He looks he looks good. Hopefully they sort out the assist rule a bit better than than they did the last couple of years, and they get more points. All right. Uh, well, real quickly, draft hats back on. Uh, Sean Johnson, where are we looking at Sean Johnson? First round. First round, number uh, one, 101. He's so hot right now. <laughs> like, where are we actually looking at Sean Johnson? I can see him going third or fourth, basically. Hmm. Anton? Uh, uh, yeah, probably, probably first, yeah. Ricky? I drafted him in the fourth round, I believe. Of an eight-man uh, comp, so about the third round, third, fourth round. Yep, yep. Alisi Katoa, Anton, where are we taking Katoa? Uh, probably, I'd say fourth. Ricky, I'm actually quite, I'm actually quite high on him. Yep, yep. No, I like it. I like it. Ricky, yes, yeah, seventh, eighth. I I would have said like fifteenth or sixteenth before the trial. Bergs, see, I'm not as high on him as Anton, but. As long as you're not playing against Anton, you'll get him around about seven or eight. Like you'll easily get him then, as long as someone hasn't been watching him, you know. Or you got, you got New Zealanders in your draft, you fart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you'll probably have Ryan Madison instead, so <laughs> you'll be alright. No, 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 no. You can have him too. I don't care. Yeah, off, Matto. Um, DWZ Bergs, where are we taking DWZ? Are we taking him? Probably behind Kurt Mann. Last pick, <laughs> Ricky. Where, where's like cousin Dallin going? I I picked him up in a draft in the sixteenth round, so I thought that was quite that was a quite a good pickup. Um, I Anton? think I think he, I think he's paid oh. maybe eleven, twelve. Yep, Anton. Yeah, I, I I put him pretty far down. I reckon probably about thirteenth, fourteenth. Yep, that, that is fair. Um, AFB, Ricky. Oh, he he's. Probably my second prop, number two prop. Um, yes. So second round, maybe no, props in second round. Second or third, the second uh, or third. It's, it's your it's your team. No, I will probably have him around about fifth. Fifth, Bergs. Yeah, I'm fourth, fifth as yeah. well. That's probably where his value is. I'm one of these guys that takes front rowers at twelve and thirteen. So don't mm. ask me. If he was Jewel, if he was Jewel, I'd have him higher. Oh, but, definitely. You know, just because he's front row, I, I would probably probably yeah. That's why Arrow's so good, eh? Yeah. Like just because yeah. he's got that 100%. ability to switch. Hundred percent. Rocco Berry, Ricky, we taking him. We looking at him once we know what he's doing. What are we What are we thinking? I well, I picked him up in the Dynasty Invitation, which is a fourteen man one. I think I picked yep. him up in the fifth round, sixth round. Yep. That was that was that was that was oh. early. It was early. Keep cutting Rick off. 
Anton? I'd have him a bit further down, maybe like ninth. Bags? Yeah, I'm at about eighth, ninth. If not fair even enough. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Before uh, we, <laughs> we go into the King of Ogden's, um, I have to give a, a player to watch this year, and that's Ratuva. He he looked big and strong in the trial on Saturday, so keep an eye on him. He could never a wing spot. So Ratuva is a big Fijian winger. He's huge. He's, he's about six foot seven. He's enormous, yeah. but yeah, he looks pretty. He's still pretty pretty green, pretty raw. Yeah, we may not see him till mid season, but he's like you know he'll he's just an athlete. He's huge. Yeah. All right, so we'll keep an eye out for him. Can um, we happy for Kenny Loggins to pop his head up now, Rick? Thank, thank you. Danger zone. Uh, our Kenny Loggins danger zone uh, for the Warriors is CHT. Uh, he will be named at fullback round one, and he will be named at fourteen following that. So he's just going to become an A nightmare. He might jag, you know, a couple of trials coming off the bench, but it's going to be unreliable, and I don't think you can trust him until he gets a full-time starting position. I don't think he'll even get the bench spot, to be honest. After round two, it'll be jazz. Yeah, that's fair too. I mean, the way Nathan Brown has been looking at his, the way he's been talking about his halves for the last last year and this year is very much like, not just a half. He 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 goes. My here's my seven, and this is the guy who's the backup seven. Yeah. So it's not like you're the next best half. You go in. It's like no, you only go in if the guy ahead of you goes down. So if Sean Johnson goes down, I think uh, Ash Taylor goes yep. in, and mm. I think if Nicarima goes down, CHT goes in. Yep. So um, I think that's kind of unfortunately for CHT, he's going to need something to happen to Nicarima. So. I wouldn't be rooming with him if I was Cody. <laughs> and and, right. and look, right. Cody, Cody's game should Cody's game should improve with each SJ there. He'll be able to run it's contract year for Cody too. Yep. This is his shop window, as they say. Yes. Well, we all know how players are in their contract year. Um, money talks, the effort goes up. Doesn't uh, what? We'll move on to Berg's uh, diehards. Bulldogs. Emotional damage. Been a rough couple of years for Bergs. Uh, finished 16th again. Uh, they only had three wins, a point differential of fuckloads, uh, 370. They have recruited very heavily, and I'm quite impressed with the recruitment that they've done in this offseason. Um, we'll see them move up the ladder a little bit, but I've still got them not finishing any higher than 10th, probably down to around 14th. I fully agree, and I, I love the dogs. Fully agree. Beautiful. We've, we've take, it's going to take a year for them to even get to know each other's yeah, game. exactly. It's going to take some time. Though they should spend the next couple of years moving up the ladder. Um, Bergs, you want to tell us about a Tavita Pangai Jr. moved I down do. from Broncos slash Penrith? He's 569,000. Uh, in years gone by, massive liability. Um both injury and suspension-wise. He had them bung hamstrings a couple of years ago. They seem to have come good. Didn't have much injuries last year with them. But also with TPJ, he's curved his aggression. He's another one of them blokes that's learned to hit hard in the guts rather than in the head, and he uses his body a bit better. Um, when he went to Penrith last year, I think we've seen the best of TPJ coming off the bench, playing in the middle. Uh, I'm not sure how Barrett's going to use him, but he's he's an attacking weapon. He's he's a player. 
You know what yeah. I mean? He's got he's got an offload, tackle break ability, scores a try, sets tries up. Um, the thing that sways me towards TPJ the most is the duel. Um, with the duel, the duel such such a good option. You know, someone goes down, plug the spot with the duel, especially if the duel chugs along nicely. Um, not sure on the roll for TPJ, but with Luke Thompson there and um, Paul Vaughan coming to the club, Heverington's there, Josh Jackson's the captain. Like, I don't know if he plays 80, and if he doesn't play 80, I'm not sure I'll get on him um, unless I put him in the front row. 65 minutes, I'd put him in the front row. But if he's playing 80, I'd, I'd plug him in the back row and maybe try to put someone else in the front row. Um, but yeah, I love I love TPJ. Yeah, no, he's he's, he's great. I'm, I'm one, he's growing on me. I, I was sort of off him right at the start um, of his career, um, but the more you watch him, the more you just like to watch him play. And I think moving to Penrith for that month or two at the end of last season was one of the best things he could have done for his career. Um, like you said, you really saw the difference. Uh, Anton TPJ, uh, any thoughts on the man? I, I actually, some of my earlier sides, um, you know, when you go a bit nuts after the team picker comes out and you get all excited and jump in there and you start, you know, going like, who do I just want to see in my team and who would I love to be having a bit of skin in the game with when they're playing? He's just one of those guys. Like, it's, it, it sucks if you're playing in a head-to-head league and the other guy's got him in their team because, like, he can, he can just do... In one play, he can put on about, like, 35 points. So, like... I've, I had him in my team for the longest time, but then the, the more I've looked at him, then the more uncertainty I have around his role um, and also just the fluidity of, um, of the dog's attack. Um, from what, I mean, I watched the trial on the weekend and at stages just looked really sloppy. Um, he wasn't getting good ball and I, I actually think he looked a bit lost. Um, uh, I don't know whether he was a little bit out of shape or, or what, but he, he just didn't seem to me like he... Um, he was running onto the ball in good areas and was and was really calling for the ball and that hungry for it. So I mean, it, it wasn't a convincing display, especially when you put him up against like some of the other players that you saw, like for example Nakora and, and the Sharks. Like he kind of blew me away, away with his effort. Um, so and I, I know you take trials with a pinch of salt, but I didn't like what I saw from him. Um, I love the jewel. Um, but for me, I'd rather go with a safer pair of hands. There's, there's three players in that same price category, right? There's, I mean, there's Tavita Pangai, there's um, Madison, and there's Josh Curran. And I think, like, most people have, like, one or two of those players, but not many have all three. Um, I've gone for Curran, and I want to get Madison in there as well just because of the Eels draw. Um, so I'm not worried about suspensions. I'm, I don't think... You know, um, unless you're Victor Radley, I don't think there's many guys that I'm that worried about that sort of stuff with. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm like you, bro. I reckon he's, um, he's kind of a bit more switched on in terms of that stuff now. Like he knows what it means, what what it costs his team to be off the off the field for a third of the season. Um, so it's more just the, it's more just his role, and um, I'm not sure whether they'll rotate him through the middle during games or they'll play him for shorter stints or or whether. Um, he'll just be out on on an edge, not getting enough ball. I just haven't seen enough of him in that system yet. Ricky, anything to add for TBJ? Uh, at the moment, he's in my team because uh, of the jewels. It kind of serves my purpose for my current team with him and Arrow um, providing cover. 
uh, especially now that makes it more makes it more relevant for me. I think he'll be good running off next to Burton if that's the right side. So yeah, look, happy to keep him in there at the moment. The barbecue man, Vince Vaughan, Paul Vaughan, Ricky. Yeah. Okay, so, us about barbecue okay. Not in my not in my team currently. 482,200, average of 55 points per minute of 1.1. That's that's very tasty for a front row that plays yep. good minutes. PPM has been over 1.1 the last three years. And the fourth, uh, 2018 or 2017 was 1.09. So <laughs> he's, he's been pretty good in points. I expect him to get 50-ish minutes. So you're looking at maybe 55 average, which at 482, you may see a slight increase. You may get to about 600, depending on the draw, which they've got a tough draw the first 10 rounds, I believe. Seven or eight of the first 10 are top eight sides, and 10 out of 10 are teamed ahead of them last year. <laughs> Easily. Yeah, the first 25 <laughs> rounds are quite tough. <laughs> um Look, he's a proven try scorer, and he goes on runs with tries. So, what's it? I think a couple of years back, he had an eight-match try streak or something. Eight matches for a front row. It's, yeah, he did a Ryan James where it was just like scoring try after try. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't see him coming into my team, uh, especially not for the first ten rounds. Maybe after the buy, uh, I figure out what his minutes share is with with the other big boys. Maybe after the bye, but not the first 10 rounds. Too hard. Uh, Anton, anything to add for Paul Vaughan? Uh, for the price, I'm going to pass. He's he's not a jewel. Uh, so for that price, I, I think you can get, you know, on other guys that present a bit more value. Uh, minutes are always the issue with Paul Vaughan. I watched him in the, the trial, and I actually thought he looked awesome. I thought he looked really good. Um, physically, he was in really good shape. He was running some really strong direct lines. Always looked really dangerous with the ball in hand. Um, so I think the Bulldogs are going to get a lot out of out of him this year, but I just don't know whether that's going to um, really present much value in Supercoach from, from from round one, and it's just the minutes for me. So that's a no. Fair enough, fair enough. Bergs? Well, I'm going to put my fucking patriotic glasses on, <laughs> and I can see myself starting with Paul Vaughan. Like, it's different. I understand you worry about tough draw, but tough draw to a forward's good. Means we're tackling more, we're, but that's good for him, you know. No, what I mean? behind the um, he's still got to tackle, he's a forward, bro. They're what, gonna what? need him to get out of that the dirty end. Like at what, the end what? of the day, forwards <laughs> do a different job to backs, and for a forward, you want them tougher games, whereas you don't want your backs for them tougher games, they're not going to score points. Um, whereas in them easy games, the forwards aren't doing as much because they spread it straight out to the backs to run straight around people. Yeah. I see the appeal to Paul Vaughan for the first 10 rounds. Fun fact, last year, Bulldogs tackled less than the opposition in most, in, in 80% of the games. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. They had decent ball, they just couldn't finish. Yeah, we um, can't score drives. Yeah. So, uh, because... Because... Because they like you know when they got beaten up, it was it was pretty much try after try after try. So not many tackles being needed. Yeah, the ball was out of play. Yeah, 
yeah. So um, yeah. I, I, I look. I like Vaughan as a player. If I didn't have other priorities in my team, I could see him in there. Bergs, a young fella out on the center, out in the centres there. Uh, Shoop. Very much of the Bradman best mould. I think he's a very large kid. Um, provided we can get inside the forty, I think he's he's a weapon they'll use. I'm not sure. Um, about like we said, talked about the draw over the first 10 rounds is a bit tough, but I think if you picked him up at the right time, he could be a good centre for you. I probably wouldn't start with him just because of the draw, but I can definitely see myself bringing him in at some point um, just because he's big and he's, if you watched him last year, he's got effort. He's got effort in him and um, you can't really buy that effort. It's either they've got it or they don't. And he seemed to go looking for the ball. And during, during, if we go on a run of wins or anything, I think it'll it'll be him and Burton doing something together. Are they on the same so, side? I think so, yeah, from what I heard. Left edge yeah. should be both left edge. That's interesting. With yeah. Jack and um, TBJ. Yeah. That's a, dead, that's a deadly left edge. It, is, it sounds solid. Anton. Anything to add for Shoop? No, look, I, I haven't looked at him at the price, to be honest. Um, I think really... he's, he's awkwardly priced. He's awkwardly priced. If he was 100k cheaper, for sure, I'd be looking at him. Because I, I like the way he plays, and I think he plays tough. Um, so, yeah, but I, I'm just not looking at him at that price. Yeah, for Ricky? Uh, no, not cut not that. Me. No, no Shoop. All right. Um, Anton, Jeremy Marshall King. Young hooker down there. Yeah, a relative of the other famous Marshall. Yeah, so he is um, 427K. Um, he'll be starting hooker for the dogs, I would imagine, unless there's some kind of miracle. Um, uh, you know, his previous averages of 49 last year, 52 the year before, and I think he's priced accordingly. Um, he doesn't he doesn't usually play 80 minutes. Uh, he's, he's quite a small guy. Um, I like what I saw from him in the trial. He looked quite nippy. Um, he only played nine games last year, so um, it's hard to really take a lot from from last season. Um, I think it was it was a bit of an outlier year as well for the Dogs, just because it was it was such a different looking team. Um, I don't know whether you can go, you know, last year's output is going to be this year's output necessarily. Um, I mean, the draw is a worry, you know, um, and I'm not sure about the minutes. Depends who they pick in that n- number fourteen role. If it, you know, if it's beyond Yodo or that, or they pick another uh, flat-out hooker, then I think minutes could be a real issue for JMK. But I don't know if that's the way they're going to go. Maybe it's a question for you, Bergs. Who do you reckon they're going to pick in the in the fourteen? Oh, I think it's going to be a back. I think I think they're yeah. going to go the way everyone else is going with the back. It it'll be either that Bundy Yodo or they'll put that fucking Wakeham there, who is oh, just yeah. rubbish. But they, they seem to be solid on waking for some reason. Or you might even see the re-emergence. We might see the re-emergence of Kyle Flanagan. We don't know. I just think there's way more upside than beyond Yoda. Like just he's 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 someone that Phil Gould keeps talking about as a this this young guy that he reckons is is going to be really good. And Marshall King is going to have to have to play well to keep him out from the sounds of things. So I I don't know. Like I don't think he can play 80 minutes, JMK. I'd, I don't think he's a guy you want to keep on the field for 80 minutes. There's not many teams that have an 80-minute hooker, actually. So, um, yeah, I just don't know how many minutes he's going to get, and I don't know how many like attacking points he's going to be amongst early in the season. So, for that reason, uh, I'm not looking at him at all. Uh, Ricky, mm-hmm. any thoughts on JMK? Not for, not for classic. Uh, draft? Maybe. 
Bags. Yeah, see, Con Con loves him. Con thinks it's going to be his breakout year. I I do like him, and he last year, if you watched his games, he was he got better. And we didn't ever have any good forwards. Now we've got some good fucking forwards to get him on a roll. So he's a watch and see. He's a watch and see. If he if he does go on a run, I'm going to grab him because we've got the forwards now for him to, to work with. You know, they get on the front foot quick. He's he like you said, he's zippy, yeah. and um, we have never got, we've never had him on the front foot before. That's that's our whole problem. See, for two k more, you could get Wade Egan, who has got like a big pack behind him and a soft draw. So it's... He, he offers nothing, but he just gives it straight to the half Wade Egan. He doesn't even he doesn't even take two steps out out from behind the play the ball. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think if, <laughs> if the, the Warriors are going to be successful, he's going to need to do more. Um, but um, you know, Andrew Johns was massive on him a couple of years ago. He put this video out on 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 nine. I mean, we are digressing from the Bulldogs here a little bit, but um, you know, such as my skill set. Yeah. Um, you know, they I think earmarked him to be the next big thing. You know, Sullivan was very quick in getting him over, um, and it just seems that injury has kind of stopped him from really developing at the pace that he wanted to. But I don't know. I just I just think there's more upside to a player like that over JMK. And just because of his small frame and his, I just think his, his defense is probably like, you know, falls off a few more tackles um, just from what I've seen. But um, yeah, I mean, that's again, that's a lack of, that's a lack of help from your big boys. Um, he's never had them aggressive big boys. We've just had blokes out there doing the job and Harrington suspended all the time. Mm-hmm. We were relying on Ogden and fucking shit like that. Well, yeah. speaking of the saviors of Canterbury, Bergs, do you want to talk to me about a young Matthew Burton? Oh, he scares me. Look, Matty Burton's got a massive left boot. He'll kick us out of trouble, something we haven't had for for ages. Like If we're stuck on our 30, easily see him kicking it down the other end of the field without a hesitation. My problem is he played centre bulk of the year last year in a great side. So he really hasn't worked on his half skills as much as he probably should have, if you know what I mean. Um, like, granted, they're in you forever, but last year he played a massive role at centre. And sometimes that will stick with him defensively. He might get found out of place a couple of times. But I find by the end of the year, I, I might I might look at him. I don't think he'll be Munster or Cody Walker-esque, but... No, that, that, that's fair enough. Um, I do like that he's a big body, and I think... Playing in the centres last year has probably improved his running game a lot and probably his defensive efforts as well, not having the big guy right next to him and actually having to cover for a half. Yeah, yeah. So We have to make them different decisions at centre. Yeah. Um, it could go either way. I mean, there's been pretty famous 5'8s that have moved in from centre into 5'8. Um, Freddie Fittler's one of them. Yeah. Springs to mind. Big body, learned to run in the centres and then took his ball skills to 5'8. Yeah. Um, Ricky, any thoughts on Matty Burton? Uh, not for five eight. Um, if if he had CTW, or if he had kept the CTW jewel, I would be more happy to have a look, uh, have uh, go with him before having a look. But uh, I can't until I see how he performs at the dogs. He may be he may be a uh, 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 upgrade option. For when Elias cashes out. 
like if Burton is playing at a decent level, I could I could see myself going Elias to to Burton. Yeah, that's that's you might even get a fucking pretty even trade out of that if if he struggles at the start of the season and Elias takes off. Yeah. Um, and Anton, anything to add for Mr. Burton? Oh, look, there's just too many unknowns to start with Burton. Like this, you know, you don't know how how he's going to start. I mean, I, I hope it's good, but I just I just don't know. He played centre for a lot of his time at Penrith. Um, yeah, I'd kind of want to see more. And I think, um, you know, for less money, you could get Sam Walker who's kicking goals for the Roosters. So I, I just, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not considering him yet. Um, but that might change. It depends on how the, how the Bulldogs go and how he, their attack clicks. The, the little bit of confidence I take out of it is, is the games he did play in the halves for Penrith, he still looked quite good. Um, yeah. there, were, there weren't a lot of them last year, but the ones that he did, I think, yeah, you take a little bit of confidence out of that. Um, so where are we drafting TPJ? I can see him going four for fifth easily with the duel um, and front row. It depends on what way it goes, obviously, but easily four for fifth round. <laughs> Ricky? Yeah, uh, third, fourth round. Yeah, I reckon third or fourth too. Yeah, I, I, yeah, fourth is probably the sweet spot. Yeah, yep, all good. Uh, Paul Vaughan, Ricky, where are we going for Paul? Um, eighth, seventh, eighth. eighth. Round. Anton, uh, I'll probably go to ten to be honest. Bergs. Yeah, I reckon seven, four, eight, especially front rows going thin quick. Yep, yep. Good, 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 good. Um, Shoop, Anton, are we looking at Shoop in the draft? I uh, wasn't, to be honest. Um, <laughs> he's a bit further down for me. I probably have him a bit further down, maybe maybe 13. Yeah, Ricky? Not for me. Uh, maybe 15th, 16th, I guess. Fill, fill a bench spot. Yeah. yeah. Any dogs a gamble. Um, I could say just, yeah, 10th, 10th 11th. If, if centers were where people were going, but yeah, otherwise I could see him not even getting drafted at all. Yeah, yeah. me too. Uh, JMK, Bergs, um, hookers are pretty short this year. Yeah, they are. I, I can see him going six, seventh, maybe eighth, eighth, at, yep. late, yeah, at latest eighth, I think. Yeah, Ricky. Um, JMK. Yeah, ninth. Ninth. Anton. I'd have it. I'd have about seventh, just because it's hooker. Yeah, so yep. I think there's 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 options there, but they're not all good options. No, and like like you said, you pointed out, there's a lot of hookers this year that are going to be playing 60, 65 minutes. Yeah. Um, so you just it's going to be a matter of finding which ones have got the PPM um, to keep you happy. Um, Matty Burton, uh, Anton, where are we drafting Matty Burton? Um, maybe about fifth. Fifth, Ricky. Yeah, fifth or sixth. Bergsy first pick or no? I can definitely see him doing the same. Like definitely fourth or fifth pick, just because there's fuck all sixes on offer. You know, there's yep. not much at all. No, it's a it's a bit of a wasteland in the halves this year. So something to keep in mind when you're drafting. We'll move on to our Kenny Loggins danger zone. Danger zone for the Bulldogs. Um, I originally had the rest of the players but I thought that might have been a little bit too harsh. So I've gone for an interesting one. Uh, <laughs> Josh Adokar. Now, risky business for me. 
his big scores came with bulk tries. He was scoring, you know, he, he, yeah, he got a massive ceiling. And I've got him in my draft team because fucking why not? But if he's not scoring tries, he's not getting good points. Um, and that's all it comes down to. The only saving grace is the fact that if the dogs are scoring tries and on the occasion that they do score two or three tries in the game, it's probably going to be him putting the ball down once or twice. Um, so, yeah, risk, risky business. He's in the danger zone for us, for, for me, for the Bulldogs. Uh, any thoughts, guys? Anton? No, yeah, I think, yeah. I'm with you. Bergs? Oh, I wouldn't touch him, man. He's got, he's got as much, much effort as Alex Johnson. Yep. You know, if the try's not if the try's not on offer, he's not touching it. You do, it. do you see his work rate going up at the at the Bulldogs just through necessity or Yeah, it wouldn't be intentionally. <laughs> 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 he's already got his paycheck made. He signed on for a few years. He won't have to put in for two years. No, no. But I think like they're not gonna like they don't have the same caliber of centers and, and wingers to be running it out of the back end that's probably a saving grace for him but yeah it, it's not the work he likes either so nah he's nice he's not, a, or something. He's, not a, he's, he's not a yardage player but what I, what I do think he brings is like overall confidence to the squad it's just a cockiness and kind of um, yeah. you know he's it, also just so quick too so yeah. his ability to get across and defend is good and also you know if, um, if they've been working on that you know the early kick yeah, and he he often just gets on the end of those, and it just looks so good. Like yeah, he, he did a few of those at Melbourne. And it's just almost like a it's almost like a cheat shot, you know. Yeah. Like other teams can't do that. You it's know? like a gridiron play, it. nearly, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you can't buy speed, fellas. No, it's amazing to see. It's cool. All right, well, that wraps up our Fig Jam 5 for the four teams tonight. Uh, Kenny Loggins have all been named and shamed, or you've been warned at least to stay out of the danger zone. Uh, so thank you to Anton and Bergs for jumping on. Greatly appreciate yeah. you guys coming on and talking shit with us. Um, it's it's nice to bring on people that know what they're talking about. Thanks for the quality of the show. <laughs> Thanks for the chat, fellas. You guys want to give yourselves one more plug? Anton, where can we find you uh, on Twitter? It's just, it's just at Anton Poser, all one word. That's me. I'm just kind of standing with my hands up going, what am I talking about? That's That's what I look like on there. Well, you can find me on, like, we've got a website. So look for www.supercoach360.com. Check it out. Thank you, boys, for having me. Thanks for coming on, mate. Pretty cool podcast on Tuesday nights. Yeah, oh, they get on. They do, the, they do the Facebook Live thing. You get to look at their ugly faces. And, yeah, it, it's good fun. It's rude, isn't it? Especially if you've got a big TV. <laughs> oh, it's a hard watch sometimes. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you again for coming on. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And until the next episode, keep on drafting. Let's go, Warriors. Hey!